Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Let's catch up with Ben Malice, one of our faves on the overnight crowd. He's an NBA journalist from the pick and roll, and he joins us to talk some NBA and NBL. G'day, Ben. G'day, good evening. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you, mate. So thanks for the time once again. Uh, we've been waiting for it to happen, and it's here with the seven games in seven days for the NBL as the competition makes a return and a bit of a rebuild after the hold-ups due to COVID within the teams. Yeah, it's been a very barren month for the NBL as a league after such a great start to the season with so many of the teams getting forced to and being put aside. It was great to see the Wildcats and the 36ers back in action tonight. And like you alluded to, seven games, seven days, right in time for the middle of January and Australia Day rolling around next week. So hopefully, as far as everyone's concerned, that's the last big break in terms of COVID interruptions we see. And the season can not only continue now, but we can see a slew of games every night for the next couple of months. 36ers versus Wildcats, uh, twice postponed from the 5th and the 12th of January. It gets a crack tonight, and the 36ers jumped out of the blocks. The Wildcats pegged them back a little in the third quarter, but the lead was too great for this uh, 36ers win. Yeah, exactly. It looked like this game was jinxed there for about a month as it (laughs) kept getting postponed and pushed back, and the Wildcats looked like a team that had been in quarantine for a fortnight because they were very sloppy early. And the 36ers jumped them, came out, built an impressive lead. And while Perth fought back in the second half, the game was effectively over by half time. So impressive for Adelaide to get the win, disappointing for the Wildcats. But I wouldn't read too much into that for either side, given the long layoffs we've seen. And especially for a month almost now, in and out of hotels and quarantine and dealing with a reality that is very challenging for any team. So it's good to see everyone back out in the court. It's almost a mulligan for the Wildcats. But at the same time, impressive for Adelaide to get the win and they needed it more than the Wildcats did. How about Matty Delavadova refining his uh, scoring muse back on the weekend? 33 points uh, for United in their win over the Hawks. 88 to 84, the uh, eventual scoreline at the end. Yeah, it was crazy to see, honestly, to see Delhi. <laughs> score the ball at that clip. He's been never a massive scorer of the ball and especially his last few years in the NBA playing as a role player and then a bench player towards the back end of his time in North America. So it had been years since he'd scored above 20 points with such ease and such assertiveness on the basketball court and to see him come back, get his shot going and really be the catalyst in an impressive Melbourne win was great to see and I suppose... It's also validation of why Melbourne was so aggressive in trying to get him back to the NBL because we've seen him and we've seen them as a team really ran into form over the past few outings and they're rightfully sitting atop the table now. So awesome performance from Delhi over the weekend and quite scary for the rest of the league because 
if he can maintain that level of play as Chris Goulding returns to his high level, then Melbourne, again, is starting to look like the favourite to win everything this year. Coming up on Friday, the Bullets, who were fantastic versus the Phoenix on the last weekend. They meet the Sydney Kings, who are the indictment of a mixed bag at this point. Their coaches called them embarrassing after they conceded an 18-1 to run versus the Breakers last weekend uh, in the last five minutes of the game as well. Uh, how's it going to go, uh, the Bullets meeting Sydney Kings? Yeah, the, as you say, there's been a real mixed bag of performances by not just the two teams you mentioned, but everyone over the past few weeks in the limited action we've seen. Like we just spoke about the Wildcats before, um, the good teams are susceptible to poor outings, especially when they've been put on the shelf for a few weeks. So the Kings, specifically sitting at three and five, are disappointed with that record. Like that's one thing you can guarantee about them. And their talent base is that of a side that should be competing for the playoffs. So I would expect to see them showing not only a bit of fist of it, over the next few games, but I would expect to see them get the win this weekend. They, like we said about the 36ers, have a point to prove in their own game. And for as circumspect as they've looked so far, a couple of good rounds and they're firmly back into the top four. So plenty to play for, and I would expect Sydney to turn things around over the next couple of weeks. Southeast Melbourne import Brandon Ashley, he's all set for his club debut on Sunday in Tasmania versus the Jack Jumpers. Uh, what will he add to the Phoenix? The Phoenix are slowly, well, not even slowly, they've built a very good team for an expansion side only in their third season. And it's just another example of them adding a player that isn't the biggest name, not only in global basketball, but even in Australian basketball circles. I doubt that a lot of um, casual NBL fans would know a lot about his game, but he is going to compliment them greatly and I said before that Melbourne United is probably my pick to be favourite for the winning of the championship. Right behind them is South East Melbourne Phoenix because this latest edition is a great piece, but they've also got Mitch Creek, they've got Ryan Brockoff and a slew of role players around them. So in terms of Phoenix, it's just another weapon that they've got on their side. And for a team that was so close to making the final series, the grand final that is last season, any bit of talent might be the piece that puts them over the edge this season. And I expect it to be a bit of a slow burn in ramping him up. But once the back end of the season rolls around, the Phoenix should be pushing for that top four spot and really looking to go one better than last season. That's part of a big weekend of NBL that we'll see a double header on Saturday, a triple header on Sunday. But once again, just a great return to action for the competition. Exactly, yeah. We can sit here and talk about the specific games or the imports or jelly <laughs> going nuts which are all obviously great storylines to be talking through. But the biggest takeaway is that the league is back. We've got not only a few games, but like you said, we've got double headers and triple headers and games every night for what seems like the next two weeks. So it's just great having the NBL back on the TV and back in arenas around the country. And especially as the NBA starts to ramp up as well, we're really getting that smallest sport of basketball across the day here in Australia, which is great. And a welcome boost given the limitations we've seen on live basketball over the past couple of seasons. Speaking of that NBA ramp up, let's uh, run through the matches and results from today. We'll start with the Celtics, who had a uh, 12 point win over the Pelicans, 104 to 92. Jason Tatum with 27, Schroeder and Brown uh, adding 23 each for the Celtics, who are fair to say uh, eking along at the bit. Yeah, I'd almost go as far as to say eking is a compliment to what the Celtics <laughs> have done. This season, they have been quite poor, to be honest, and 
they have in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown two of the player types that every franchise in the NBA wants, and that's young, athletic, two-way wings. But both of those guys have been inconsistent this season, and the rest of the roster behind them has been honestly quite poor for large stretches over the past couple of months. So all of that said, they did get the win this morning over a Pelican side, which is missing their best player and continues to disappoint themselves. But as far as Boston is concerned, they just need to start winning games at a more consistent clip. They actually do have a pretty impressive home record where they win two-thirds of their games. It's just translating this form onto the road. So Boston have a nice little run here at home. They're in the midst of a four-game homestand. If they can sweep those games and then get on the road and pick up some wins before All-Star break, then Boston could at least give themselves a chance to go on a run over the second half of the season because for, as I said before, their two all-star talents on the wing, they have been disappointing this season. But to get over the line this morning in what was an early start in America is to be applauded. And for all the Celtics fans around the country, which I know there are many, um, they'll be hoping that this is just the start of an improved performance over the next month. The Hornets with a 10-point win over the Knicks, 97-87. to Miles Bridges with 38 points for this powerful but at times wayward team, the Hornets. Uh, the Knicks as well, uh, still trying to find a way. Um, not fresh off uh, mm. uh, some booing of players uh, from the home side. Yeah, it was an ugly game, this one overnight. And while Charlotte got the win and they continued to press towards the players themselves and Miles Bridges had the best scoring night of his career and when you're throwing the fact that he got 12 rebounds and five assists, that's a very handy day of work. So he was a highlight around him. Terry Rozier did well for the Hornets. And as far as the Knicks are concerned, steps back. They finally got themselves now, New York, back up to that 500 record. And they had strung some decent games together over the past fortnight. But they come out and lay an egg this morning. And the game, while only New York was down by 20 points at halftime, and the second half was a bit of a laugher. So good for Charlotte to go on the road and get the win, and especially considering they were missing LaMelo Ball. Always impressive to go on the road and win in New York. And as I say, they've maintained a nice little buffer over New York, and both of these sides are going to be pushing for the fringe playoff spots. So it was a big win for Charlotte this morning. The Wizards uh, get a 19-point win over the 76ers, 117-98. to 98. Uh, They continue to surprise. Uh, they had six double-digit scorers as well. Uh, they continue a bit of a many-hands approach uh, to their basketballing. Yeah, Washington's game overnight was systematic. Of when they play well, it looks like this game. As you mentioned, they had it was seven players actually in double figures, oh. so they really shared the scoring load. You look down the box score and almost everyone on the roster is getting minutes and contributing. And Bradley Beal, who is allegedly the Wizards, well, he is their best player and he was formerly an NBA All-Star. He continues to have the worst season of his career, but everyone around him is having a good campaign for Washington. And for them to be over 500 at the halfway mark of the season is impressive. Now, on the other side, the Sixers, they laid an egg this morning. Joel and B played a great game with 32 points and eight boards. But apart from that, it was quite barren around him. And Tobias Harris continues to have the worst season of his career, only getting one rebound and one assist in 25 minutes, which is quite poor and borderline pathetic, really. So impressive for the Wizards this morning and disappointing for the Sims. Philadelphia continues to look like a team that needs that Ben Simmons trade to bring in some more talent around Joel Embiid. 
Uh, the Cavs, uh, seven-point win over the Nets, 114-107. Cleveland still one of the uh, big surprises this season with their 27 wins so far. Uh, Darius Garland continuing to ball out this year. He had 22 points and 12 assists. The Nets are trying to cover for Kevin Durant, and they're going to be doing so for a few weeks now as well, won't they? Yeah, they will. Obviously, Kevin Durant being out for what probably will be two months is the bigger season-long storyline, but... As you mentioned off the top there, Cleveland has not only been the surprise packet this year, they just continue to amaze me in different ways. Now, you mentioned Darius Garland there, who probably is destined to make his first All-Star game in a couple of weeks. He bought out this morning, 22 points, 12 assists, six rebounds, and just controlled the game in what is becoming a, a normal thing for him. He has really taken the leap this season and established himself as an upper echelon point guard. But impressively for Cleveland, it's not just one person in Darius Garland that's really taken things forward this year. Evan Mobley, who is their rookie big man, is hands down the rookie of the year at the moment. He probably has that award locked up at the halfway mark and is playing some of the best rookie defense I've seen since Anthony Davis almost a decade ago. So Cleveland finally have the building blocks of a winning side without LeBron James and that's nothing to sneeze at because the Cavaliers haven't made the playoffs without LeBron in over 25 years. So <laughs> they've been a very, very poor franchise bar the fact that the greatest player of this generation was born just down the road from them. But it looks like finally they're getting a team together that can start to organically grow and maybe one day compete for a championship again without LeBron James. And that is led, like we said, by Evan yeah. Mobley and Darius Garland. It's, uh, it's pretty cool, as is uh, the Grizzlies getting past the Bulls, 119-106. The Grizzlies are working their way back after their win streak was broken. Morant and Bain both with 25 points today. Uh, the Bulls, they're soon to welcome back Alex Caruso as well. Yeah, well, I suppose Memphis is the Western Conference parallel to everything I just said about Cleveland because yeah. they also have many players that have taken the leap forward this year. And obviously that starts and ends with Jama going to be an all-star. A young man that's playing himself into the MVP discussion in only his third year. And that is dragging this team to a point they haven't been for almost half a decade. But like Cleveland, it's not just him. Jaron Jackson Jr. has taken the leap defensively this season and he's starting to deliver on some of the promise he has showed since entering the league three years ago. And also Desmond Bain, who is giving Ja Morant a perfect shooting guard companion to really emphasise and reinforce why Memphis has one of the best young backcourts in the league. So Memphis really has it all going. They, like Cleveland, are one of the most exciting stories in the league this season. And the fact that they've won 12 out of 13 games is uh, crazy. It honestly is just an amazing feat. And to do that in the Western Conference and some of the teams they've beaten on that run is quite amazing. So they are going to make the playoffs and... I think they're quickly becoming a side that any neutral basketball fan wants to see because led by Ja Morant, they just play basketball the right way and they're an exciting watch every night. The Suns with a 14-point win over the Spurs. Devin Booker is in some vein of form at the moment. Drops 48 for the Suns against uh, Jock Landale's Spurs. Jock got his first start for the Spurs the other day where he turned in a double-double, but he was a little bit quieter in this match today. Yeah, it was back to the bench for Jock Landale. This morning, but again, that's totally fine, and he is having a very impressive rookie year, especially playing on a Spurs team which is devoid of talent and devoid of point guard and wing talent. It means that Jock's 
offensive skill set remains untapped because he doesn't have the calibre of players around him that really put him in position to shine. But all that said, he's really ramping up his minutes and his action with the Spurs. And a couple of COVID absences around him gave Jock an opportunity, but he's taken that with both hands and he has become a regular rotation piece now for the Spurs. So it's great to see him getting regular minutes. And especially in his first season, it's less about what he does with those minutes but more about the fact that he can consistently get on the court for 10 to 15 minutes a night. And then across to year two and year three of his NBA career, he can actually ramp that up and get more impact. So impressive season for Jock Landau. But like you said, the real story here was Devin Booker, who with 48 points just continues on his merry way. And Devin's probably having the most consistent run of scoring <laughs> over the past week of his career. Now, this is someone that scored 70 points in an NBA game before, so... Scoring the ball is nothing new, but doing that in winning environments is something that's really developed into his game over the past 12 months, the past season and a half, that is. But what he's done over the past few days and the past few games is just scoring the ball at an amazing clip. And impressively, again, Phoenix has only lost one game since the turn of the new year, and they're starting to build a nice little lead atop the Western Conference. So Devon Booker... Amazing game this morning, and the Suns, led by him and Chris Paul, continue to show that last year's final finals appearance wasn't a fluke, and they look ready to take the step and go one step further this year. And we'll finish on an Aussie versus Aussie clash. The Mavericks are downing the Thunder 104 to 102. And talk about grinding. This Dallas team is full of them. Uh, Josh Green has been popping up at points. He was a little bit quiet today. Josh Giddy with a casual 10-5 and 6 game in the uh, two-point loss for OKC. Yeah, Dallas is the story here for mine. They've really rebounded after a poor first couple of months of the season. And they've been able to string a nice month of basketball together. And luckily, or I don't know if luckily is the right word, but in the awesome news for Josh Green, he's really seen his role pick up over the past month. And he's contributing to a Dallas side that has now won nine games out of ten. So Dallas is approaching the team that I thought that would be at the start of the season, and that's pressing for home court advantage and the top four seed. Obviously, this is linked to Luka Doncic finding his form and working his way into the season. And with that happening and Dallas becoming a force at home as well, which is what they've lacked over the past couple of seasons, they should improve over the second half of the season. And as far as Josh Green is concerned... Like what we said about Jock Landau a couple of minutes ago, he's started to see his role increase and his playing time increase in Dallas. And hopefully he can continue that. And if the opportunities continue, Josh has shown that he has the, the ability to rise to the moment and really impact NBA games. So it's been a nice turn to see Josh Green actually get his opportunities this season. And hopefully he'll be doing that on a Dallas team that's pushing into the deep rounds of the playoffs. Fingers crossed. Uh, ben, love your work. Really appreciate the time, mate. Uh, thanks for jumping on the overnight crowd. Anytime, mate. Have a great night. That was Ben Malice, one of our favourites here on the overnight crowd. He's an NBA journalist from the Pick and Roll AU, and he joins us to talk NBA and NBL as well. So let us know your thoughts around uh, the NBL's uh, return to action, it's fair to say. Seven games, seven days. The 36ers with a big win over the Wildcats uh, earlier this evening and a heap of matches headed your way this coming weekend as well. Or always all ears. Uh, <laughs> 
literally. Uh, <laughs> uh, to hear your thoughts on the uh, NBA at the moment as well. So many teams sort of in a holding pattern a little bit. It's hard to get a good read on where the tournament and the uh, competition is at just at the minute. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on the overnight crowd, 0433 98 11 16, or plenty of time for you to jump on and have a chat on the overnight crowd on SEN. 1300 736 736. It's Paul Heath behind the wheel of the overnight crowd, and we'll be right back on SEN just after this. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.